you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's show, of course, we got to preview the Missouri Alabama basketball game and also the conventional wisdom seems to be that Alabama has basically wrapped up the league well is that really true does Missouri have no chance to actually win the SEC regular season title let's take a look at that later in the show but first I want to start with some news that's breaking here on this Thursday as I record this just before noon. And yes, this is the Friday show, the Friday version of Locked on Mizzou. But you know what? Had to record this one a little bit early just because of my own scheduling conflicts. So if anything breaks in the next couple days, well, you know what? I'll have it for you on Saturday after the Alabama basketball game. And quickly, that first bit of breaking news is that the new indoor practice facility for the football team has officially been approved by the university, now expecting that that facility will be open actually in August 2022. That seems like a pretty darn quick turnaround to me, but you know what? I guess they got the south end zone done in a couple years' time, so I guess that's actually a smaller construction project than that but from my personal perspective it's kind of a bummer that they're doing it right at lot c that is in fact where the new facility is going to be constructed the old lot c on the let's see the southwest corner of the stadium if i'm doing my cardinal directions correctly there yeah that's a that's not just beyond personally that there's a lot of people that park over there so it's going to be interesting to see where all of those people get relocated and definitely not you know, the highest of rollers for sure, but not the smallest either. So there may be some people who are some longtime season ticket holders who may be somewhat upset by their parking come this fall because, well, you got to assume construction is going to start rather quickly. But you know what? Enough with parking. Let's get to some news that's rather more important, and that is, unfortunately, the Missouri basketball program just a few minutes ago, actually, announced the passing of Charlie Hink. Now, Charlie Hink is actually a guy who, for whatever reason, has never really come up on this program. And I'm sad to say that that's the case because Charlie was one heck of a player. In fact, when he finished up his Missouri career in 1961, he was Missouri's all-time leading scorer and remained so until John Brown passed his mark about a dozen years later. And while Lou Alcindor, who later became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, of course, would perfect the sky hook, well, guys like Charlie Hink were pretty darn good at it as well before Lou slash Kareem came along. And here's just a bit of Charlie Hink in his own words. It was going pretty good, uh, that game. Like I said, they don't shoot a hook anymore. They just take that arm and knock them out of the way, you know, and dunk it. So speaking of Lou Alcindor, perhaps Charlie Hink would have been on John Wooden's side when it comes to the dunk shot, as it was once called. But you may not have been able to hear right at the beginning of that clip. Hink said, yeah, I had it going pretty good that day, referring to his hook shot. Well, that day 
was a very famous game, and in fact, the game that Charlie Hink is most known for, and that is the 1961 Kansas game at Brewer Fieldhouse in Columbia. Of course, you probably, you may have guessed that this is, in fact, the famous brawl game that was started off between Charlie Hink, and frankly, though, the first punch was thrown by the Kansas player, Wayne Hightower. Now, just for some context here, of course, a hundred years ago, about, there was something called the Civil War. Let's forget about all of that history between Missouri and Kansas for a moment. Let's just stick to the, the, the sporting world for a moment. Now, four months earlier, prior to this basketball game, Kansas had spoiled Missouri's undefeated 1960 football season by using an ineligible player. And at the same time, KU Hoops was also, at that time, had recently been placed on probation, and some people in Lawrence believed that Don Farrow had actually dropped a dime on Kansas to the NCAA. Now, I have no idea if that's true or not, but frankly, I hope that it is. Now, in the previous season, Wayne Hightower of Kansas bested Hank for the scoring title of the Big Eight, and there was a big rivalry between those two, certainly a competitive rivalry, but boy, when you look back at that game, it sure doesn't seem like Tom Hank really did anything to deserve getting punched in the face. Then I turned to look the referee like that, and I saw this thing coming out of the corner of my eye with my incredible quickness. I turned around just in time to get it right between the eyes. I think black both eyes, and then we, you know, started in. Guys in the letter jackets came out of the stands, and pretty good, uh, pretty good fight there for a while. <laughs> yeah, pretty good fight there for a while. That's one way of putting it. Frankly, I love the Missouri country sensibility of downplaying absolutely everything, but certainly there were plenty of Missouri fans, and like Hank said, there are some ones in letter jackets who are definitely not afraid of the fray. Honestly, if if uh, let's let's put something, uh, let's just address the elephant in the room. It sure appeared that every single player on Missouri that season was uh, white, and it certainly appeared that everybody in the crowd was white that day. Well, Kansas had some black players, including Wayne Hightower, so it wouldn't exactly surprise me if maybe some uh, choice words from the crowd were thrown Wayne Hightower's way. But there's never been any indication whatsoever that Tom Hink did anything wrong. You don't start fighting somebody else's gym. You know, if you're going to fight, you better do it at home. And uh, I think probably Kansas learned that uh, that day pretty well. I regretted the fight in the sense that, uh, that it did get kicked out. I didn't regret hitting him because he hit me first. But uh, <laughs> several other guys, I think, connected on him too. So, <laughs> like I said, you don't start fighting somebody else's uh, place. Sage advice from the veteran, Mr. Charlie Hink. And, of course, Hink would end his career in 1961 playing one season professionally in the ABL with the Kansas City Steers. And, in fact... In that one season, he actually roomed with Bill Bridges, who was, in fact, on that very same Kansas Jayhawks basketball team. So, funny when things go full circle like that. And, by the way, despite the fact that he was ejected in his final game in Columbia, Charlie Hink had 20 points. Missouri 
broke a 10-game losing streak to the Jayhawks, winning that ball game 79 to 60. Or, I'm sorry, 79 to 76. And Charlie Hank was also a fixture of Missouri high school basketball, coaching at Nevada, Melville, and then Carrollton, where he spent the last 21 years of his ho- of his coaching career. And believe it or not, we are just two days away from the Super Bowl. And I'm a, as, as excited I am to root for the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Well, I'm a little melancholy too, because it does mean we'll be without football for the next eight months or so. <sighs> it's too bad. It really is. But you know what cheers me up is going to betonline.ag because for you, my wonderful listeners, we've got a great deal. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on whatever your first buy-in is. So be sh- again, be sure to use that promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And once again, be sure to check out Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. If you want to get the sports news from the day all around the country in under 20 minutes, including all of our local experts on as well at the appropriate times, we'll definitely check out Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. But you know what? Now let's transition and talk about Ball and Oats, as Locked On Bama's Jimmy Stein is called this Alabama basketball team. And you know what? I'm sorry that I didn't get Luke and Jimmy onto this space, but you never know. I might head over to their radio show at some point. And if I do, I'll definitely give you a shout and a link on social media. But again, my schedule suddenly this week got really crammed, so I had to cram this one in a little early. But when it comes to Alabama, I remember talking to Jimmy and Luke last year and really praising Oates and his style of basketball and really thinking that, wow, I think Alabama has found something here. Despite the fact that they were a fairly mediocre 16 and 15 last season. And just to jog your memory, Missouri did split with Alabama down in Tuscaloosa. Really, the Tide controlled that game pretty easily throughout, winning by 14 Jeremiah Tillman did not play in that basketball game, but fortunately on Reed Nico Senior Day, Missouri really completely dominated the Tide. They won by 18 points. Alabama shot horribly from the three-point line, in fact, four of 25. Oddly enough, one thing that was really kind of bizarre in that game, Kira Lewis, who's now in the NBA, played all 40 minutes despite the 19-point loss. I don't know if he was sending, Nate Oates was sending a message there. I have absolutely no idea. But if you remember that Alabama squad from last season, really Kira Lewis, again, now in the NBA, he's the only guy that is gone. Almost all their important pieces otherwise are back. And despite the fact that they have mostly the same team, minus a professional basketball player, well, obviously they're much, much, much better, especially in Southeastern Conference play. Now, while the headline with this Crimson Tide team is certainly their offense, they spread you out with all kinds of of shooting and ball handling, really good backdoor cutting. They certainly play a 
sort of Houston Rockets adjacent style and that they go for mostly exclusively three-pointers, shots at the rim, skewing anything in between. But unlike the Rockets, they're not just a one-on-one, give-it-to-my-best-score type of team. They share the ball really, really nicely. But I tell you, that offense overshadows its defense because defensively, this is one of the elite teams in college basketball, despite the fact that they don't really have a lot of traditional rim protection. Now, they do protect the rim, but they protect the rim more by taking charges than they do with shot blocking. But again, make no mistake, this is an excellent defensive team, at least statistically, right? Now, how do they match up with Missouri? How do they match up specifically with Jeremiah Tillman? Well, I think that'll be really interesting to see because obviously, as I previously said, Tillman missed the game in Tuscaloosa, and really he was never 100% after he came back last year in my mind either. Really, Tillman and Alex Reese is going to be a really interesting matchup. The game down in Tuscaloosa, Reese really tore the Tigers apart, hitting four three-pointers from his center position, and at times in the past, especially last season, I noticed that Missouri would often overhelp off of a good shooting five-man in particular. And Alex Reese, at times, certainly fits the bill. Now, this season, in 78 attempts, he's only hitting 25%, a very Mitchell Smith-esque number, to be quite honest with you. But still, I just think it'll be interesting to see how Conzo Martin chooses to defend Alex Reese when he sets a high ball screen. Does he Does he have Tillman stick to him? Does he drop down and help? Does he double the ball? I think it's more likely that you'll see Tillman tend to help and give up maybe some Alex Reese threes early, see if he knocks him down. And and if he does, well, maybe they'll stick to him a little more. And if he doesn't, maybe they'll challenge him to knock down open shots. I think that coverage will be at least something I'm going to be watching early in the ball game. One thing that may favor Missouri is that obviously really long athletic teams we've seen in Ken Bother, Missouri, around the basket, in the paint, teams like Tennessee and Kentucky with guys like Eve Pons and Isaiah Jackson, those guys can definitely bother Missouri. It doesn't appear, though, whatsoever that Alabama has those types of players. And in fact, while Missouri is one of the absolute worst teams in the country at getting its shot blocked, Well, actually, only one team has a worse percentage in that regard, and that's Alabama. So, interestingly enough, sure seems like if you have skills on the outside, if you're a good jump shooting team, well, it sure seems like you can overcome that type of lack of maybe strong, athletic, explosive finishing at the rim. And, of course, I still need to take a final close look at the standings, at the finishing schedule for Missouri and Alabama, and try to figure out if Missouri still has a shot at the SEC regular season title. But first, a word from my friends at rockauto.com, because with the ever-increasing number of makes like Fiat and Kia, etc., stuff that didn't even exist a few years ago, well, it's now it is literally impossible to stock every part that you could possibly need for every model of car that there is. So why would you endure the pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning from the guys up front? Well, instead, just use anonymity 
to your advantage and go to rockauto.com because guess what? They're going to charge you the same no matter if you are a renter or you're a stay-at-home mom. Regardless, you're going to get the exact same prices. And frankly, when it comes to be, to auto parts, I might as well be a stay-at-home mom. So moms, that was not an insult. What I want you to do is to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And if you've signed up for a betonline.ag account, well, you should definitely check out Locked On Bets. They're talking, well, frankly, the last two weeks, they've been talking Super Bowl props every single day, giving you picks throughout the sports landscape. So subscribe to Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm betting that some of you are probably wondering why it is that Alabama is such a good defensive team if they don't really have any athletic shot blocking to speak of. Well, for one thing, I think maybe the biggest compliment I can give Alabama when I watch them play, and it's going to sound like a backhanded compliment to maybe some of their individual players, but most of the time nobody really stands out on that team. Now, don't get me wrong, John Petty and Shackelford definitely stand out as guards. They're both really good players, but and Reese does, Alex Reese, because of just his pure size compared to the rest of those guys as well. But for the most part, the rest of the guys all just blend together on offense and defense, and that's actually a good thing because not only is being interchangeable important offensively, it's important defensively as well. So although... You won't see Alabama necessarily switching a lot on ball screens. When they do change up their coverages on any type of situation, say they double-team a guy in the post, well, because some of their guys are similarly sized and because they're all mobile, they're able to recover very, very quickly. And I think that ability to recover quickly is maybe the secret sauce to Alabama's defense. Now, don't get me wrong, Herb Jones in particular is a really good individual defender, but whatever they're doing just as a team defensively, it's very obvious that they're all together, they're locked in, and it's really impressive to watch Alabama play basketball right now. Now, obviously, one thing that Missouri has liked to do a little bit more this season than previous years is to try to get early offense when they can. And I wouldn't totally discourage the Tigers from doing that on Saturday at 11 a.m. But at the same time, teams are now very much trying to slow down Alabama's pace as much as possible. And they definitely play with a really good pace. They play with as, about as fast a pace as anybody in the entire country, certainly in the SEC, right up there with LSU. So I guess what I'm trying to say is Missouri... Well, yes, you want to take the easy shots that are there. Got to be really careful to not get caught up in getting in a high-paced style game with Alabama because that plays right into the style that they want. Now, the final question is, if Missouri wins this basketball game on Saturday, can it win the regular season league title? Well, mathematically, of course, the answer is yes because that would take Alabama from would give them their first loss, so they'd be 10-1, and one, and Missouri 
would be six and three. Now, obviously, Alabama would have then played three more games than the Tigers. If you look at the standings currently, you'll see that Missouri is four games behind. But, of course, they're really only three losses behind. So if they won on Saturday, that would make them two losses behind with the tiebreaker over the Crimson Tide. So that means if they tied them in the standings, that means Missouri would win the league title. Could happen, right? Certainly, mathematically, it's more than possible. But here's the problem. The problem is, after the Missouri game, here is Alabama's remaining schedule. At South Carolina, Georgia, at A&M, Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, at Mississippi State, and Auburn at home. Now, Arkansas is definitely playing good basketball. They're ranked 26 currently in Ken Palm. But other than that, you're looking at a bunch of mediocre SEC teams and then finishing with your arch rival Auburn to end the season. That's not exactly a murderer's row and frankly the easiest part of Alabama's schedule. But fortunately, Missouri has a similarly easy schedule. After the Alabama game, they've got Ole Miss on the road, Arkansas at home, Georgia away, South Carolina away, Mississippi at home, A&M at home, and Florida away. So again, you're looking at Ken Palm here. They only project the Tigers to lose one more game after Alabama, and that's by three at the Florida Gators. So could Missouri run the table after this? It's possible, but it's unlikely. And could Alabama lose two more basketball games after this weekend? Well, they could, but again, that strikes me as unlikely. They'd certainly have to lose to Auburn and Arkansas for sure. I'm just not sure how likely it is that they're going to lose both of those games. And just for the record, Ken Palm predicts them to win the Auburn game by 11 points, actually. So that one's not even close to a toss-up. So basically, while yes, the Tigers are mathematically still alive, and maybe the Tigers can throw Nate Oates and Alabama, the ball and Oates band, into a tailspin by just kicking their butts like we did in Columbia last year. Maybe it throws them off for a week or two. That's possible. But considering the tide schedule and considering the lead that they've built up so far in the conference, I hate to say it, but I think there's a better chance that the tide go undefeated in the SEC than it is them losing the league championship. But hey, you never know what could happen. And certainly, I will be here to recap whatever happens between the Tide and the Tigers on Saturday afternoon. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.